the Media Commission. My name is Stephen Lopes. I'm the chairman. We're a team of four uh, volunteers. Um, I have a audio background in production and uh, church sound. So my name is Adrian Holland. Uh, I work in AV. I do uh, installs uh, for churches, for businesses, for conferences. Uh, the cool one that I'm getting to work on right now is Crypto Arena, uh, and that is the LA uh, arena um, where the LA Lakers and the Clippers and all that were doing uh, speaker install. So I design as well. So I've been doing AV and design work for quite a long time. Uh, my name is Jeremy Smith. Uh, again, I'm on Media Commission as well. We all are. I mean, kind of simple. Uh, but I, uh, I work, uh, I was for um, what, 20, 25 years, director of media at my church. Um, started when I was 13 got thrown into it at 14 to be in charge of it, and then just kind of had to be this upper looking down portion of tech and the, the person that answered to all the committees and things, and that was scary when you're young growing up and in a church. And uh, anyway, with that, I also had, I did installs for years uh, for churches, for businesses. If you see the Wake County Courthouse down the street, it was me and three other guys that were in charge of that whole project. We had subcontractors that came in, but so I work for an AV design engineering team at our local university in town. And so I have experience from entry level churches all the way up to big corporate and government buildings. Um, so based on what you've heard from the three of us, there's a lot of knowledge of things to do and things not to do <laughs> in media. And a lot of times the reason why we learn the things not to do is because we messed up. How many of you guys in here have messed up? How many of you guys have been flawless and had no issues, no feedback, no nothing? In Put your hand down. <laughs> uh, last night, the live stream for the National, the biggest event of the year for us, the first time in 13 years we've actually had it fail. So we spent a long time, and then finally we just said, you know what, we're going offline. And then we figured it out. We got some things going. We got it back on in time for the sermon. But still, for us to have a failure that big, we all were like, what's going on? But in the end, it didn't matter. We had it recorded. It wasn't a big deal. We moved on. So uh, it, if you are at a church and you have, and this is going to be volunteers across the board in your church, but if you have more than 50 volunteers in your church, raise your hand. If you have more than 20 volunteers in your church, raise your hand. If you have... Uh, yeah, media, 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 yeah, sorry. <laughs> if you have more than five, raise your hand. If you have one or more, raise your hand. <laughs> so as you just said, most everybody in here, with the exception of a few, there's a handful of people in your church that are doing media. So the thing about today, media tools for equipping churches, um, we're talking about the main, we're going to talk about several, but the main number one thing is volunteers. Your volunteers are your most valuable, most important tool in your media ministry. And how many of you guys thought about it that way before I said that? How many of you guys do it and you don't feel like that's how it is at your church? You feel like if you mess up, everyone's going to do like the seagulls do in, in the movies. And they turn around and look at you and stare at you. And how many of you have been thanked for a great service? How many of you have been chastised for a bad service? You see where I'm going here? Your biggest and greatest asset is your people. And yet, a lot of times we overlook that. And so one of the things is, that I want to start out with is what verse in the Bible would you say right now is the cornerstone to the modern church? 
What is our, our mission statement as a church? The Great Commission. The Great Commission. What are the three things of the Great Commission? Teach, preach, baptize. What about go? Oh, go. Sorry. <laughs> well, but yes, te- teach and preach fall together. But yes, go. The only part of those three key aspects that involve media is the going. The other two most important parts of that, after we go, is teaching and baptizing. And so why do we put so much emphasis on the production level and making sure everything is great and awesome and we don't worry about the teaching and that part of it? We, we, we put this giant emphasis on making sure our lighting is great, our live stream never fails, our audio sounds great, we have no feedback, the track starts when the choir director turns around, and I know we have a choir director here, you don't have to turn around and go, hello. <laughs> but we forget about the, the teaching part and the baptizing part. <laughs> and so that's one of the things we want to talk about. Media is a part of the go, but it's not the main part. We must teach our volunteers. We must lead them well. And most importantly, we must be concerned more about their spiritual health and not the production value that they give us. So the who and the why is so much greater than the how of what we do. And so... With that, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the areas of media. We're still going to give you tools to take home. We're, we're a tool as a media commission as well, which is why we have our website and our Facebook page. If you need to talk to us after this, we will be happy to talk to you about some things, some concerns. Hit us up on Facebook. Um, you can send us an email. We'll get in touch with you. But uh, one of the first things that we want to talk about is, um, well, I've got on here a different order, but graphics. What kind of graphics do you guys do? Like, what do you use graphic-wise in your churches? How many use PowerPoint? What's that? How many use PowerPoint? Planning Center, ProPlane, ProPlane, So those are your, your main ones for pre- presentation ser- uh, software. But how are you making those graphics that you put in? Design what they have loaded. Design people? Design Pickle. Design Pickle. Ah, I haven't heard of Design Pickle. I need to look that one up. <laughs> so you, the pricier side of, of things, but it's done. Your, your volunteer doesn't have to worry about it. You also, I heard mention Canva. Somebody else had said something else. I can't. Share faith. Share faith. Yeah. Photoshop. Photoshop. Yeah. Igniter. I use that one for years. And so with that, you, you have a lot of resources, and you have a lot of, of different ways. What, Canva is free for nonprofit if you get approved. The commission actually got denied for a Canva account. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're not really nonprofit. We're not big enough for that. But your churches, go out there. There are free resources for you, non, non, nonprofit things. And Canva is one of those. Simple to use if you don't know how to do that. But with your graphics are print materials, not just your slides. We're not talking about just what you see in the service. We're talking about your VBS pamphlet that you send out wanting kids to come in. Do it well. Make it look professional. If it's going to cost you... To pay somebody to do it, which I'm, I feel like I'm talking more than everybody else. No, you, y'all have your, I don't care. your times. No. But, but what's the name of that again? Canva. C-A-N-V-A. Yeah, and the best part about that is, and I'll speak a little bit to give you a tiny break. Uh, with, with Canva, uh, it's a quick and easy design. Uh, they set it up to where if you want it to go on Facebook, if you want it to go on Instagram, if you want it to go on your website, if you want it to go, there's templates already pre-made. All you're doing is picking color, picking your design, you're typing in your text, and you're done, and now you're sending it off. 
So you'll, you know, share it to yourself or share it to your computer, take that and do what you would like with that. And so with graphics, a big part of it is, uh, is doing it well, but also not, um, for, for us in smaller churches, because I don't know if we said this at the beginning or not, but we're all volunteers, even at the churches that we go to. None of us are paid staff or anything like that. Um, and so when it comes to graphics, that can be a headache sometimes. And so you're trying to find a fast, easy resource to get it done, get it quick, get it out, because you've got 10 other things to do in that one day. So finding resources like that is always the best way of doing it so you can kind of move on quickly. So with that graphics, you also tie into your website. Your website is a part of graphics. It's a part of reaching out and that go of that mission that, that as a church we have. But how many of your websites are, are perfect right now? Again, no. I do websites on this. I have a side business and I do websites for a side living because, you know, the economy the way it is now, you have to have like three jobs to just pay for gas and food. But we're not trying to get political. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. But doing that, I still, the website that I lacked the biggest was my church website. I was worried about all the other ones, but my church website, I, I was fine with it. But I had content that was still months old, weeks old. Now, I manage other church websites and other companies and things. I keep them up to date, but mine was just slacking because I was a volunteer. I was worried about all the other things that were paying my bills and not really worried about the church. The thing that hit me on that was that's the mission of the church, and I'm, I'm stopping that mission because I'm not worried about this one. And so we have to keep it updated. But what are some, I mean, how many of you guys know how to program a website? <laughs> I saw a half, half raise. It, it, Josh Owens, I wish Josh was in here, because yeah. Josh would be like, yep, me. Like, he's, he's actually in meetings right now doing websites for people for his company. But it's hard. It's difficult. And so there's web-based uh, web systems that are like Subsplash and um, Clover. Clover is what you use. Yeah. yeah. Tons of that are faith-based. You know, they're geared towards the faith-based industry. If you yeah. will. So that way it makes it easy for volunteers or a part time secretary or something like, you know, to be able to design a good, informative website for fairly inexpensive. Some of them are not cheap, but. But, but again, you're spending money. You, you'll go buy a church bus to take your kids to camp, but you won't spend. $25 a month to pay for a website that's easy on a volunteer. Or that even now, I think it's with Clover and Subsplash, it's like 50 and you get an app with it. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing I've seen with churches is that you try to put too much information on a website. People aren't doing that. I mean, you, TikTok. TikTok has ruined social media. It's ruined websites for people because you get about eight seconds of view. And if you can't capture their attention in that eight-second time, they're gone. And so if you put on there your mission statement and it's, it's seven verses out of the Bible and it's our, it, this is our core, this is what we believe, but they're not going to read it. What they need is a video of their pa your pastor welcoming them at the beginning to catch their attention or something that says, hey, we've got your attention and we're going to keep going. Don't make them click seven pages. They don't need to know all this information. They need to know the basics because... The people that majority use your church website are, don't your they don't go to your church. So make your websites about visitors. 
and getting people to come to your church. They don't need to know the church business and, and everything. They need to know who the pastor is, who the music minister is, who these people are when they walk in. That's it. The, why you believe what you believe. And right now, and I had some friends actually, um, they're moving from Washington to Bright, Britain, Brighton, Michigan, Brighton, Michigan. And so they came over one night. We were looking for churches for them, helping them try to find a church. Well, what did we do? We went to websites, and we started looking at videos from the services. Because I can't take them up to Michigan. <laughs> I don't want to take them up to Michigan. No offense if you live in Michigan. It's going to be cold, and I don't do good in cold weather. It is a great state. It's beautiful up there. I, I, I will. But we looked at their websites. And being me, I don't know about you guys, some of the websites I went, no. Nah. Some of the live streams that we watched, I was like, no. Nah. And I hadn't even gotten the mission statement of the church yet. But I could see already what they put their value in. And it didn't seem like it was in the people that were trying to look for a church. And so, again, your tools, your Facebook, your, your graphics, your web is a tool. The app is a tool. Make it clean, keep it simple, but make it look professional and inviting to them. I think we also, uh, lighting. Oh, so um, I'll talk about lighting because lighting is one of my specialties and one of the fun things that I love and enjoy doing. Um, when it comes to lighting, uh, one of the biggest things that I've seen a lot in churches, and, and I understand some churches have a decent budget, some churches don't. Some of you are lighting are little switches and they're just can lights. That's perfectly fine. The idea with lighting is to point your light to where it's going to be used. Some of our lighting inside of our churches are just everywhere. They're washing out our screens, they're washing out other places, but they're not focusing on our stage. And so when it comes to lighting, I definitely, um, I mean, I can go into like, you, you, you would want this and this and that, but that's pointless. What I like to do is take the tools that we already have and go, how can we make those better? So one of the biggest deals that we're gonna kind of go on a little bit later a little bit is live stream and recording. When it comes to taking pictures, when it, when it comes to taking video, you've gotta have great lighting. Otherwise, you're, you're looking back going, well, my pastor was dark, I can't barely see. The person who was singing in this corner is bad. If you have can lighting and you can adjust those lights, adjust them to where they're gonna fit those areas where people are going to stand because that's going to help in that situation help you and everybody else later down the line be able to record be able to take good pictures be able to see that person who is on stage because otherwise your lighting can kill it right up at the beginning how many of you guys were in service, adult service last night how many of you noticed the lighting Yep, and it's, and it's huge, and it's noticeable. And we don't, as a, as a lighting person, you don't want those things to happen. So when you go back to your church, and, and once again, I can say, hey, buy this, buy that gear, buy this. You, use what you have. And at a certain point, if you do want more, if you do want to enhance your lighting, well, there's ways to, to do that. A cheap way, and of course, there's expensive ways to do that. But use, use the tools that you have. And then as well as our biggest deal are volunteers. Make it easy for your volunteers to be able to run what you have. Because if you did put in a, let's just say, a $60,000 lighting system, but only one person knows how to run that lighting system and something happens to that person and they leave, well, you've got this 
$60,000 lighting system that doesn't help anybody because only one person knows how to run it. Make sure that when you get stuff like that, that you train volunteers, that you equip volunteers, and as well as that you pour into your volunteers. Because the thing about the church, the thing about media is your volunteers. Because at where I'm at right now, we are still trying to grow people to go, hey, will you be a part of our team? Will you want, do you want to come and join this? Do you want to be a part? But the idea is that we want to equip them. We want to get to know them. We want to get to hear their heart so that we can put them in the right places. But as well as the system that we have in place, that we're training not just one, not just two. I mean, we have... Uh, even some of our sixth graders that come up that we train once in a while to go, hey, this is how it works. This would be something that if you're interested in, that's something that you can do. We look as young as sixth grade just so we can get their hearts and their minds interested in it. And, you know, and so I can talk about lighting and how to do it and the best ways of working, but we've, we've only got a short period of time, so I'll pass it on. Even off of his $60,000 lighting setup and one person running it, you may end up going and going to Home Depot or Lowe's and buying a $600 kit that does good and one yes. person knows how to run it. Yep. So it, it's both sides of the spectrum. Yep. Have more than one person that knows how to do it. Okay, I get to talk about audio. Um, I kind of wanted to give you a little bit of background of where I, how I got to where I am now. I started out at the age of 14 as the head of, I mean, I was thrown into a sound, board, sound booth they said, here you go, do it. That was fun at 14. Here, now I'm, it's almost 26 years later. <laughs> I'm the old man of the group, okay? He'll be 40 soon. I'll be 40 in two weeks. That's no, no, not all to some of you guys, but you got to um, But now I work for the largest production company in the, in the world. I came up through the ranks of it. I worked in the cable department. I worked in speaker department. Um, and now I get to sell equipment as that we have in our production inventory. Um, I have toured. I have been asked to be a system engineer. I, I wasn't going to do this, but I will. How many of you heard of Post Malone? Good or bad, it's okay. I won't judge you. I promise. Nobody's gonna know that you know who Post Malone is. Won't say your name in recording. <laughs> no, um, I was asked to go on tour with them for six months as their system engineer to deploy their audio system. Um, and so the the transition for that has been a it's been a long road, but um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, one of the things that where I feel like I got the most experience was I would go into the church when nobody was there and I would just listen to music. I would walk around in the room. I'd be like, okay, it sounds good here, but it doesn't sound good here. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I have a EQ playlist that I play has 20 songs on it. 98% of them aren't Christian songs, but they're, they're songs that I know what they sound like. And so I can manipulate things in the room and it taught me what, oh, if I change this, this is what it does. Um, the, the, 
biggest takeaway that I learned in that is if it doesn't sound good in the room, it's going to sound absolutely atrocious on video and on your live stream. So make your room sound really good. Try to maximize everything that you can in your room that you have now. Then it'll translate better to the live stream. Well, and even on that, it doesn't matter what soundboard yeah. um, or speaker system you have. Um, you, you can go down the street and you see this huge line array of speakers and you go, oh, we have to have that to, to be able to make it sound good. That's, that's wrong. Um, you know, you, you may have, uh, well, pretty much whatever you have in your room can sound good. Even if you have an analog board, I'd rather work on an analog than a digital board myself. But in saying that, whatever you have, you can make it sound great in your room. And that's the biggest uh, problems that happen in churches is people are like, oh, it's harsh over here. Or this, we don't have any low end. Or we don't have mids or highs and all this other stuff. That just means that whoever's running that soundboard may not be able to or have the ability to really figure that out. And so just kind of like what Steven's talking about, sometimes you have to just, when there's nobody in that room, if you have time, especially since we're all volunteers that we're talking about, to take that five or not five minutes because you're going to need longer, an hour or so spending that craft and trying to tweak things on your soundboard to go, okay, this sounds really good. Okay, that doesn't. Maybe I should not do that on a Sunday morning or, you know, what, whatever needs to be done. But the stuff that you have in front of you, you just got to learn how to use it. Another thing that I, I like to do is I try to make things fail when I'm in that room trying to, you know, trying things out. Okay, that, like Adrian said, okay, this didn't work. Okay, why didn't it work? You know, then I try to look and see why it didn't. Because, and I'll be honest with you, and this kind of goes to some of the volunteer stuff that we're gonna talk about, um, is when my pastor is preaching, I'm not actually really listening to what he's saying. In my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if his mic cuts out, what are we gonna do? If, 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 the batteries die do i have a microphone that we can quickly get you know oh hey all of a sudden his mic falls off of his head you know what what would what would you do in that situation that's what i think of and so i always have redundancies running through my mind all the time and so it's good to have those things in place maybe have an extra mic by the podium just in case oh the headset falls off you talk to your pastor oh hey if this happens grab that microphone right there that happened two weeks ago at my church. Yeah. Pastor gets up, the lights are dim, but he's getting ready to start preaching. All of a sudden, he starts reaching for his ear. His headset mic just fell apart. And he's like, uh, all of a sudden, three microphones appeared in front of him. <laughs> I was like, that was amazing. Yeah. They had an idea of what to do if it happened. Great. I mean, we have security teams for whatever may potentially happen. Same thing with your audio. Mm -hmm. Like, you're, you, you get a situation's going to happen. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you playing for? That, I mean, we'll take the example of last night when the live stream wasn't going. It took us, what, 30-ish minutes to get the live stream up? We tried six or seven different redundancies and finally got one that, hey, this is going to work so we can get it up. So we had those in place just in case. And, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that in 13 years that was the first time that's ever happened but I hope it never happens again because that was the most stressful 30 minutes of my life. But, but yeah, have things in place for when things fail because they will, and it's going to happen.
I'll give you this back. And with that, I mean, you, you got, I know we kind of are brushing over generalizing some of this, but I think sometimes we also think too detailed mm -hmm. when it comes to technology. And we're like, well, well, what microphone is the, the church down the street using? Because I can ask you guys all right now, and you guys can all tell me what the church that's over 2,000 people in your area is, that, what the name of it is. You know about it. You know about the music they do. Their speakers are expensive. Their lighting's expensive. But it actually isn't always. I mean, we were talking about last night different YouTube channels we watch that go and they do tech tours. How many of you guys have watched any of these kinds of videos online? YouTube is your biggest friend. Like, YouTube University. yep, <laughs> I, I, uh, when I got my, my AV design engineering job with ECU, uh, my boss a couple weeks after he's like, man, you know, nobody ever chooses this life. And I was like, I did, <laughs> but I was 13 and yeah. learning it. And like he was saying, going back to what you were talking about learning when I got my license at 16 in high school, I wasn't out chasing girls. I wasn't out partying like everybody else was. I was at the church till two in the morning doing exactly what he was talking about. Now, granted, I guess that caused, considers me a nerd. But, <laughs> but it got me to the job where I'm at today and the knowledge that I have. But a lot of that was YouTube. Why doesn't it work? Well, hey, there's a resource. Go find it. Go figure it out. Someone else has had this issue. Reddit, as long as it's still up and running because there's a whole thing with that going on. But Facebook forums, Facebook groups, join them. People are talking about cheap solutions on fixing things. There are expensive ones. Just be cautious when you go into the cheaper realm and the expensive realm. Don't go expensive because the church down the street has this great new $40,000 lighting system or they're using $12,000 cameras because they've got this crisp quality. I mean, we're doing a live stream. We've got $1,400 PTZ Optics cameras. If you go back and look at it and look at like ASL that we have going on um, during the live stream, she looks great. That's a $1,400 PTZ camera that we can put anywhere in a room and it'll look great. $1,400 versus the church down the road's got a Blackmagic Ursa 12K or, or broadcasting at 1080. Like, you've you got all this resolution here and they're like, yeah, here's a little bit. It's a waste of money. So we have to be respectful of our budgets in our churches. Some of us have larger budgets than other churches. We can't try to be like the other church because they're doing things cool or hip or doing it different. Be who you are. Don't try to be the other church. You're not that other church. You're, you're the Free Will Baptist Church down the road that's preaching the gospel. You may, have, you may have a good music ministry. You may have a good kids ministry. You may have a good preacher, and you have all your kids in the service because you don't have any volunteers for that yet. Do it well. Do what you do with purpose, and don't be like anybody else. I mean, I think there's a verse in the Bible about don't conform to the world, but be transformed by it. Like, don't do that in your ministry. And so with that, you have so many times you look at it and you judge yourself based off some money. Well, if I spend this much more on this, it's going to be good. No, it, it may not be because you have that one volunteer. Yeah. Throwing a new piece of gear at, to fix an issue may not be the solution. You know, buying, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll, I'll use my church as an example. I, I want to buy a new console, okay? All right, that may not be what I need to do. Um, buying gear is not going to fix an issue that might be further down the like further back in the path. And so just it, and a lot of it really is use the gear that you have. And, and I'll repeat that over and over again, because there's been multiple installs that I've been on that I've helped churches who spent tons of money to 
do something just because they wanted one more input so that they can have, and it's like there's an easier solution, an easier fix or cheaper fix. So don't go spend money at something when you really haven't fixed the smaller problems that are already there or you haven't trained your volunteers on that piece of gear that's already in front of them. Uh, because you may oversee something on your soundboard that goes, oh, it's actually right here in front. It's not in the back. And we can make that happen. Um, and with the lighting and the audio and, and the graphics and everything, it all comes back to the live stream. How many of you guys had no live stream before COVID? Raise your hand. And if I asked right now how many of you have a live stream, everybody probably is going to raise their hand. Who does not have a live stream right now? I'm not meaning to put you on the spot, but do you mind telling me why right now? Um, we're, for us, we're without a pastor right now, so we don't have it because of we have so many different people coming uh -huh. in. So consistency. Yeah. yeah. That's good. And that's the reason we don't have it anymore. See, that, that right there, purpose. You don't have to live stream all the time just because you've been streaming. You've chosen to take it down for the people that are coming in. And it gives, you don't have some volunteer or somebody coming in to watch and they see this person who's not even the pastor preach and then they come the next week and it's someone else. What about you? Same, small church, um, new pastor, um, and just have not so many other jobs that are prioritized mm -hmm. above that. So we get the volunteer or the right person. I love that. When I started doing all this, again, I was... I was in a larger church. I was at First Real Baptist Church in Washington, North Carolina. We were running 250 plus. I was struggling to get volunteers. I was young. I didn't understand how to ask people to help, especially I'd get somebody that was a little older that was like, hey, I want to come. I say a little older. They were 30s or something. <laughs> I was at four, 15, 16 years old. I mean, okay, come on. Now that's young to me. <laughs> but what, was, what the issue was is I didn't know how to approach them and talk to them. And so I'd be like, oh, yeah, all you got to do is hit this button and this button and that button. And last night, actually, we were talking, and I was like, I made the network idiot-proof. You plug one cable in, and they're like, well, it's more than that. And to me, it was one cable, and it works. But no, there's more. There's, where do I plug that cable into? What do, and so I'm in a church now. Where, where, excuse me, I'll, I'll step before I run. But in that aspect, I started doing Audacity. Not Audacity. It was, I forget what it was. Anyway, I was doing audio live streaming for a while because okay I can do this and then I was like oh hey I could put a camera in I can do a, a live stream and then hey I can do the slides you notice the word I keep saying right nice. I who was doing all of that yeah. it was me why was I doing all of that because of what I said earlier I was trying to do things because other people were and I've had a complete refocus in what media and what ministry as a whole is in the last several years and the importance behind it because I had to do it all. There were Sundays where literally I'm running a stick cam, switching the camera, running the live stream while using the tablet in front of me running ProPresenter to do slides and another iPad running the soundboard mixing audio. One person doing all that. And that was because I kept adding things. I had no reason to do it except for I was doing it. And so the live stream. Do we have to have a live stream? What's the reason for live streaming your services? Shut-ins. And so do the shut-ins always watch it when you go live at 11 o'clock? No. They're, they're, 
they've been up early, they may be taking a nap at that time, they may be doing something else. So you're stressing a volunteer out, trying to get a live stream up and running that fails at the beginning of a service, <laughs> stressing. But in doing that, what happens is now you're a volunteer, not paid, volunteering their time and their, their knowledge. And you're like, why is the stream not working? Why is Susie not able to watch the stream? Susie's not even watching the stream. She's going back and watching the recording of the stream later. So stop stressing your volunteers out and go back to recording a service. Cut your music out, your audio. You may not have enough stuff in place to have your audio sounding good. We all know we can go find a church website, watch a, uh, a video and go, yeah, all I hear is that one person singing or all I hear is the, the guitar or the piano. Like, I'm not hearing it well. So cut all that out and then post your sermon. The message is still getting out. The worship isn't the message. It's a part of the message, and it is a way of worshiping our Lord. And there's a message in it. Copyright issues, number one. Yeah. <laughs> Posting. <laughs> but that's another thing to add to it. Like, if you do this, you have to look at there's licensing involved. There's, there's legalities in what you do. I mean, you have Facebook things get shut down. But do it with purpose and do it intentionally. Intentionally reach her on Tuesday, that every Tuesday at noon, you're posting that service that has a beginning intro in it of what the service title is and an outro of thanks for joining us. Just a few minutes of editing in a video and upload it later. She's still able to be a part of it. The people that are out of town over the weekend that want to see it are still able to be a part of it. But you're not stressing the volunteer out. And so the, the more you can minimize some of the stuff that you do in your media, uh, team or your production team is what I like to call it uh, will help your church grow so you're not stressing people out as much so if you don't have to live stream but you can record it record it and then you play it back on Sunday night oh, at least with Facebook you can you can pretty much set it up to where it would act like it plays live so it gives that notification on your phone oh such and such church is playing a live video Oh, it's, a, it's, their, it's their Sunday morning service. But then you also set it up to where you play it on Wednesday night. For those people who are not at church on Wednesday night, well, it shows up live, so they're watching it, and in in it shows up live in the sense, but it's just a recording. And then you may also do it on Friday. So you put your sermon out three times during that week, and people are getting notifications on your phone, and all you did was record, and you hit this button and this button, and everything does it for yourself. And so help out your volunteers as much as possible. Don't put more on their plate, but celebrate your volunteers as well. I, I know we're kind of getting a little bit with our time, but the more we start putting on our volunteers because we don't have a big team, some of us, just like Jeremy said, we are the ones who are running audio, we're running lights, we're running pro presenter, we're running, we're doing it all. You're worn out, you're tired. Don't stress yourself or your team on we've got to do this and this. Work on one thing first, make it great. And then once you are done doing that, then you can add maybe, okay, we'll try live streaming and see how that works. Oh, that didn't go well. Okay, we'll go back to just recording and do that. But try to just minimize the stuff to help uh, your team out as best as possible. Yeah. Can I just ask a quick question? Yes. On, a, on Instagram, when, when as a pastor you do like a 60 second reels, mm -hmm. just basically talking about a principle or uh, maybe a sermon point that is kind of standing out, how can we be most effective when we do a like a 60 or a 90 second reels on Instagram? 
So with Instagram, and, and for me, I'm, I'm gonna consider myself older. So Instagram and all those tools and different things. Um, what's cool about that type of stuff, if you have a teenager in your, in your church, ask one of them those questions because they're gonna help you more. I, I promise you, they will, they, they will take your phone and just go, oh, all you got to do is this, Pastor. And you're like, how about you just do it then? But, but anyways, but with that stuff, it, it, is, it is popular in a sense. So the way it works is pretty much your, um, the, the way our church does it is we take our recordings. Someone takes their time, records out that 60 seconds of your sermon, chops it up, puts it into a program does all the little graphics, puts it on their phone, and then sends it out. So there are steps to doing it, but in reality, if you have teenagers, go, hey, can you edit this down for me? And I bet you they would love to do it. But social media is huge in that aspect for pastors and different things to get your name out there because people see that. It's part of the... um, Agarum, I can't even say it, um, that will help get your church out there and, and, and different things like that. So. And I think one of the things to take away too with that is in 60, 90 seconds, don't pull an excerpt from the middle of your sermon that they have no context of what you said before or context of what you said after. You're taking it out. So find you a principle that's easy to say. Maybe you're reading a scripture verse and you're talking about what that verse is in that 60 seconds. Something they can go and look in the Bible and say, that's what you said. And it's not compounded on something you said before. It's the biggest way for someone to misinterpret your entire message so in a whole. just kind of jump right into it? Yes. Basically, and just, I mean, is that the best way to do it? You just jump right into it? Into doing the Instagram side? Yeah. Yep. Right. It, and you'll learn as you go kind of what works and what doesn't work for your church. Yeah. And it, you may see the engagement is low on sermon videos, but maybe it's someone talking about their kids' ministry and an experience they had, and you're like, hey, that got good feedback. So let's, let's do that one again. Let's do one of the things that I tried to do at one point was highlight volunteers and just say, thanks to this person. This person is a photo of this person. They do kids ministry. They do two to three year olds. They've been serving in the church for this many years. It's a face. It values them. And then it shows other people that you have people serving in areas. So with all of that, I wanted to tie back in, then we're going to go to question, question answer. I know we had a little less time because of the transition. So if, as long as you, your bellies aren't Grumbling, I don't think anyone's after us. Uh, or are there? Either way. Um, so ministry is to be done well. Every team serves another team. Without another team, the ministry can fail. So have you ever, have you ever been to a church? If you're, well, I'll read the scripture first. 1 Corinthians 12, 21. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where, uh, just where he wants it to be. How, how strong a body would be if it only had one part. It wouldn't. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye cannot stand, cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. When you think about services and you think about things, do it with excellence. Do it with, with purpose and in order. If your greeters don't greet well and your audio isn't good and your preaching isn't good, then you shot your service in the foot three times right out the gate. That, volu- that greet- guest is probably never going to come back. But if your, greeter, uh, if your greeter greets well, but your audio is bad and your preaching's bad, they may come back because they had a connection with your greeter. And so it doesn't mean everything has to be done well because we all have bad days. 
but I'd rather you, my volunteers show up and give me the best 10% they have left in their tank at the end of a stressful week than for them to show up and be like, I gotta run slides today. <sighs> we don't want that. We don't want people begrudgingly worshiping and serving our Lord. And so that's why, again, we didn't talk so much about specific tools, but your biggest tool, your biggest asset that you have in your church is your volunteers. Mm 